0: Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hey, we made it to Friday and the sun's out. <laughs> Can't do better than that. I ain't asking much. How you doing? Welcome to the program. Uh, I, I, I just want to start by something. I'm so glad I, it wasn't just me. But yesterday in the afternoon, I saw a picture uh, that was obviously taken. I guess it's a selfie taken by someone on the Southwest uh, flight that made the emergency landing in (laughs) Philadelphia. Uh, And let me digress for just a moment. Uh, You're on a plane that is clearly experiencing some serious uh, issues, the, one of the, your fellow passengers is, uh, you know, her body is halfway out of the plane. Um, you're, you know, you're making an emergency landing. The uh, All the uh, oxyg- oxygen masks have deployed. And the first thing you do is you take a picture of yourself. <laughs> I don't, I don't uh, excuse me, I don't really get that, but... It's the picture, so I saw the picture yesterday, and I looked, and i in the picture, I could only see uh fully two passengers, and both of them have their masks on, and I looked at them, and I thought, "What are you doing?" Um, they had their masks over their mouths. And that's not what you're supposed to do. I mean, I know nobody listens to the flight attendants when they do all the emergency stuff at the beginning of the, uh, you know, before you take off. But, I mean, come on. They clearly do say, you put the mask over your nose and mouth and breathe normally, the bag will not don't worry if it doesn't inflate, there's still oxygen coming, right? They say that, not exactly like that, but that is the and so here are all these people and obviously they weren't listening Uh, So they must be mouth breathers, I can't think of what what else it would be I mean, they just have it over their mouths (laughs) you know, if you're taking in oxygen, I think what is the organ of your body? What is the part of your body that like is mostly responsible for respiration, for bringing in air? It's your nose. So if you got this little cup that's going to deliver oxygen, you put it on your nose. It also then covers your mouth. So I, I mean, look at these guys. They look like they're. I, I, so the guy with the selfie has got the thing on his mouth. Uh, So that makes him stupid on two counts. I'm just sorry. I'm sorry. I saw it and I thought, what? And then I had my television on the NBC evening news while I was making dinner. And I heard them say exactly that, that people in the industry were freaked out when they saw... (laughs) picture uh um and you know it is true i i don't listen anymore because i swear i know it i know what to do um but it's actually rude not to listen you know they're standing up there doing their thing and uh, and we all go on to, you know, it would take two seconds to be polite and listen. But, and, and maybe, who knows, maybe you actually, you know, make sure you know where the nearest exit is and don't forget it could be behind you, stuff like that. Do you ever see people really like, no, nobody's listening. Uh, and... Also, when people aren't doing this correctly, you've got to bet that the flight attendants end up having to, you know, like, hey, hey, Uh, you know, superintend all of these people who clearly weren't listening. Just saying. Something else I didn't tell you about yesterday. I told Amy, but I, 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 I... did you see, and not necessarily see, or did you hear that those peregrine falcons uh, that nest at the uh, Cathedral of Learning um, at Pitt, that the, the they've been sitting on, I guess, four eggs. Two of them started hatching uh, Tuesday, I guess. Um, And the mother bird, <laughs> her name is Hope. Well, her name should be Killer. She starts killing her little hatchlings that are pecking their way out into the... Big, beautiful world, and the first thing they see is their mother's beak coming at them. And she, I think she ate them. I'm not sure. I know she killed them. She killed them! Um, this is aberrant behavior. Just say it. Uh, It is not necessarily aberrant behavior for a mother to kill the baby Um, if the baby, let's say, is deformed. No evidence at all that that was the case. If the baby is um, maybe the fourth or fifth one, and uh she's figuring, "Hey, I can't feed all you guys. I mean, one of you you're gonna end up destroying everything, so I, I gotta take you out. No one kills their firstborn and that that this is what th- these were the two first eggs to hatch, and she uh she killed them. and um people in the know like at the aviary, are scratching their heads and, and, and saying this is totally atypical. I mean, this is absolutely... So, you know, it used to be, I guess, a falcon named Dorothy who was there forever, and people got to know her, and she was really cool. And now, unfortunately, we got hope. And uh, what a name for a killer. And and she's she's done this before. She lays an egg... She takes care of the egg. Then when the hatchling comes out, she kills it. Now here's the the rest of the story. Um, I guess yesterday, the two other eggs uh, hatched. And she didn't kill those two. But that's, Backwards of what makes sense in nature. You might kill the last two because food is scarce. Uh, but you don't kill the first two. And Hope has established a pattern because she's done this before. Uh, so they're saying, I mean, there's a, lot, a lot of ornithologists are sort of scratching their heads about Hope's behavior. But there are two, two little chicks now, uh, in the nest, and she is apparently uh, being a good mother to them. But she's a piece of work. Jeez. Um, all right, so the Comey memos. This was like a big story breaking later, uh, um, yesterday afternoon. Uh, the Republicans... I think mostly on the on the uh, House side, but Republicans in Congress were threatening and hectoring and just generally, you know, causing uh, a lot of trouble, demanding that the FBI turn over uh, Comey's memos to them. These supposedly contemporaneous memos that he took um, after his meetings with the president. And uh, so they finally got their way. The memos came out. I, late last night, pawed through them myself. They're astonishing in their specificity, in their detail. (laughs) He literally, Comey, he literally would leave um, the White House and, and write down everything that was said, the people who came in and came out, um, where he sat, wh- where the president was, what was on his di- I mean, it is mind-blowing. It would take a long time to do what he did. Wow. But here's the thing. So I read almost all of them. I stopped reading because there was nothing in them that we don't already know. And, in fact, they serve to corroborate, largely, I mean, everything that he has said happened. And they give, when you see the specificity, the detail in these things written immediately after me you got to figure uh wow so there's nothing in there that that in any way is different than anything comey has publicly stated there are a few little things that we didn't know come to think of it there's that one thing where he says that the president told him that when he was talking to Putin Putin told him that Russian hookers are the best. What? How would that subject even come up? I, I mean excuse me the President of the United States is talking to the president of Russia, and what is the takeaway that our president has from that that he ch- chooses to share with the FBI director at the time? Yeah, Putin says that he said that uh, his hookers are the best, really good. I'm sorry, it's time for women to take over. It's just time. I can't. I can't live in this male world anymore. I just can't. This is what the leaders of two of the biggest, baddest countries on earth, (laughs) my hookers are better than your hook. This is it, huh? Okay. I can't. I can't even take it and clearly also his comey's memos every two seconds every time he saw the president the president brings up hookers the hookers in russia i didn't do it i didn't do it why would i do it why would i do it i didn't do it i didn't do it why would i have him pee on a bed that barack obama slept in I can come up with a reason, knowing you. And, of course, there's the old Shakespearean um, site at this point. Methinks he protest too much. Is that what it is? Methinks he doth protest <laughs> too much? Maybe there was a doth in there, I'm not sure. Alright, some days I'm better than others at letting this stuff roll off my back. But, okay, so let's go back to the fact the reason I was able to read these memos is because the Republicans on the Hill were having a hissy fit demanding that somehow these memos were going to, what, exonerate the president or show Comey is a liar or whatever the hell they thought? There's nothing that helps them. There's nothing. Absolutely nothing. These guys are really idiots. What did they manage to do yesterday? Yesterday on Capitol Hill, they finally got around to um, okaying a new head for NASA. And, uh, man, this was razor thin. This was razor thin. This guy hardly has a, um, I mean, he he's going in by just one vote. He's he's also a member of the Hill. He's a, a congressman from Oklahoma. God protect us from these congressmen from Oklahoma that Trump keeps putting into positions of power. This is a guy named Bridenstine, and you will not sup- be surprised to know that he is going to be heading NASA, the first person to be heading NASA, who has absolutely no science education has no engineering degree nothing nothing he's also going to be the first who's an elect who was an elected official because NASA is not in any way meant to be political (laughs) and oh did I mention that now the head of NASA is skeptical about climate change? Did I mention that? I mean, and amazingly, because NASA plays a large role in the science that we know about climate change. Let's talk about, how Republicans and particularly this administration seems to find it disqualifying to have expertise in the area to which you have been (laughs) assigned or appointed, right? Look at who he's put in all kinds of positions and there is zero qualification zero it shows a contempt they don't they don't just talk about the elites as being somehow awful people but they think of elites educated knowledgeable people as the enemy and so if you're Populating a a government, you, instead of putting people in places where they have expertise, you find people who have none. (laughs) Help me. Help me. Even comprehend that. The last person who ran NASA, uh, he uh, commanded the space shuttle once. Oh, wait a minute. Twice. The person who headed NASA before him held degrees in physics, aerospace science, Electrical and civil engineering and applied physics. He had degrees in all of those? Good God. The guy who's now going to be heading NASA? Duh. But this we know about him. He is a hardcore right-wing Republican who is opposed to gay marriage and remains so is skeptical about climate change. It has absolutely zero scientific background. (laughs) And also, I'll just add, has absolutely no experience running a large... Agency of any kind. Never has. And so this is who now will head NASA. Tammy Duckworth, who's been on maternity leave, um, interrupted that to make some history. The reason she came to the Hill um, yesterday was to cast a vote against this guy. And as we know, she came with her tiny, tiny little baby, newborn, after the Senate unanimously passed a new rule that allows infants uh, to be on the floor. I think the sense being that their mothers will have them on the floor. I don't know. Could a guy bring an infant onto the floor? I mean, the idea is the baby might need to be nursed. I guess a guy could, but... Turns out, the vote was unanimous, but turns out a lot of senators were grumbling. Unnamed senators. One said, well, I think she should be in the cloakroom. And, <laughs> and vote from there. Or, I guess it was Orrin Hatch who said, I mean, geez, there could end up being like ten babies on the Senate floor or something. And um, Senator Heidi Heidekamp, I think, said, Wouldn't that be wonderful? Uh, Hatch later, when there was some blowback to his remark, uh, came out and insisted that he had said what he said, meaning, Wouldn't it be wonderful? Oh dear okay what else we got oh yeah the um Rudy Giuliani has been resurrected and uh, put into our uh, line of vision my oh, God uh yeah, although he actually sort of emerged uh earlier in the week or was it last week when it turns out that uh, the woman that he uh was stooping while he was married uh, to Donna Hanover when he was mayor, uh, Deborah Nathan, uh, who he then married um, has filed for divorce. So uh, Rudy is uh, must be a great guy to be married to, I must say. He's joined the Trump legal team. My God. yeah, that ought to bring some gravitas to the situation. Uh, apparently, his job is to uh try to get Mueller to wrap this up <laughs> I don't know guys oh speaking of uh the republican uh penchant for putting wholly unqualified people uh in office, this is from a ways back, but um they also put a woman who has been was the Texas controller uh she had, her new position will be well i don't think i don't know if she requires uh confirmation but she has been nominated to oversee the department of interior's wildlife policy uh She is wholly opposed to every attempt to help an endangered species. She is on record as calling endangered species listings uh, as being incoming SCUD missiles that should be shot down immediately. This now is a person who will be overseeing endangered species. And she is intent on shooting them all. While she was the Texas controller, there was an effort to protect the state's songbird. Not just any songbird, the state of Texas's songbird. And she was against it. Damn straight. And she said that the state songbird, I wish I knew what the songbird was, it doesn't matter, some pretty little being that obviously has a beautiful little song it sings, so much so that in a kinder, gentler time, the state legislators in Texas deemed this lovely little creature to represent the state, the state songbird. And this woman, Susan Combs is her name, now oversees, or will, the Interior Secretary's uh, endangered species. And she had said about the threatened state songbird in Texas, Kill it! It was a danger to military preparedness! That, that is what she said. She has likened other attempts to help these endangered species as scud missiles to be shot down, and the songbird in Texas was deemed to be a danger to military readiness. If that's got you scratching your head, you are not alone. Feel free to look it up or try to find whatever the hell was in this revolting woman's head. Ellen writes, Did you see the video of Mitch McConnell announcing the passage of the bill, allowing babies on the floor? His head was down the whole time. He was stone-faced, virtually mumbling. Wow. I guess he was one of those guys who voted yes, but he really didn't want to. He was just afraid if he didn't. He is, uh, isn't he a piece of work? Hmm? Wow. You have Republican senators saying that there should be a measure passed to protect Robert Mueller from firing. Um,. Grassley, for instance, is one of the people who wants that uh to happen, and McConnell has flat out said it will not get to the floor so McConnell is sort of like uh to the Congress what Daryl Metcalf is to the state legislature here in p a By the way, I read today that daryl Metcalf who's bound and determined to keep Pennsylvania in the 16th century, uh, has two armed security guards posted outside his office in Harrisburg. What the hell's he afraid of? Me? My understanding is, is he won't see constituents... Unless they you know are bowing and scraping to him, and I guess I guess the armed guards are to keep constituents away. <laughs> hey, you guys who who are in his district? what the hell? I mean hello all right, we got a caller. hello, call. I didn't mean to sound so. Negative about it. Hello, caller. How you doing? Okay. Hey, uh, call me crazy, but I hope he does fire Mauler and Rosenstein. Uh, put us out of our fucking misery. <laughs> I'm about sick of all this shit, honest to God. I do. I, I really want to see what the republic going to do. Are they going to just let it go, or are they going to impeach him? I, I want to see. They're going to let it, it go. Happens. Yeah, you don't. Yeah. You don't know. You think they're gonna let it go? I don't know. I don't know. So it's I'm the house. It's the house that has to impeach, yeah. and that house is full of his protectors and enablers. They're not gonna impeach him. So, what are you gonna do? Wait for the Democrats to get in and do Yeah. That? And yeah, you'll have when he's yeah. votes, then he stays in there. I mean. Well, look, we're gonna have to see, right? Um, I I have a feeling we're going to have to vote him out. I to don't think so. Or, no, I am going. I hope you're right. I'm going to really stick do. with my prediction that there's no way this guy serves a full term. No way. Yeah. No way. Really. Um, <laughs> and maybe that's my me. wishful thinking, but I don't think so. Uh, you know, you just look at everything piling up, and you look if, for instance, Michael uh, Cohen uh flips on him it's over i think he'll be he will be shown to be nothing but the head of a criminal enterprise okay i hope you're right i hope so too thank you okay bye goodbye bye um oh god i had a thought just then and it disappeared um I don't know. Speaking of armed guards and stuff uh, and and thinking of how Donald Trump has put in place people who are all uh, inalterably and passionately opposed to the missions of the agencies they are now um, expected to lead. Uh, And it's not that I'm engaging in exaggeration here to make a point i am not and you know it uh any discussion of uh of the of the uh, wolves guarding the hen house of course leads us to the head of the environmental protection agency which is anything but these days um it is the, you know, environmental rape and pillage uh, agency. It, yeah, it brings us to Pruitt, Scott Pruitt. He has armed guards. You know how many armed guards he's got? <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. This guy has 18, at least, sometimes it grows, at least 18 Special agents who, in a kinder, gentler time, like when Obama was president, uh, were not requested to provide round-the-clock security to the head of the EPA. And, in fact, uh, these special agents who are guarding him are EPA employees who had other positions. They would otherwise be investigating environmental crimes. He's pulled them from those positions to guard him, who, of course, is a walking, talking environmental crime. And now the guys who are supposed to be investigating that are, in fact, protecting the number one abuser of the environment, There's 18 full-time agents who are with him every second, whether he's on official duty or he is at home. And because this guy goes back to, wait, wait, remember where he's from, right? Oklahoma. Yeah. Oklahoma. I want to thank the people of the great state of Oklahoma Forgiven us, our new NASA head. Forgiven us, Scott Pruitt. Both congresspersons elected by the wise citizens of Oklahoma and now doing untold damage to the United States of America. So anyway, Pruitt goes home all the time to Oklahoma. And every time Pruitt goes to Oklahoma... 18 special agents fly with him. And of course, we know he flies first class because they, the special agents, and their head, a guy named Pasquale Nino Paroda, have deemed coach on an airplane dangerous to Scott Pruitt. I wish I were making this up. I am not. So Pruitt's flying first class. I'm willing to bet that most of the agents are, of course, flying uh, in steerage. And this isn't all. I mean, you know, there's a special phone booth, there's an extraordinary desk he bought. There are, I mean, this guy is spending our money, our money. It's extraordinary. And when people raise a stink about it, here's something that his spokesperson said, Americans should all agree that members of the president's cabinet should be kept safe. Yeah, I'll tell you also something that I would like to see kept safe and that is the environment that we all share. And while on my dime, your dime, we are keeping Scott Pruitt safe from unspecified threats so that he can endanger our air, our water, our children's future makes perfect sense to me. You know Scott likes to travel a lot so uh, around Christmas time first he goes off to uh, the Rose Bowl along with of course his 18 agents and then he goes to Disneyland along with of course his 18 agents. They work 12-hour shifts other things I've read about this says that they are so exhausted, they are barely standing. They have accrued so much overtime that they've bumped up against a cap that was put on how much they were allowed to rake in a year. I think that cap for these security guys is $160,000. 160000 so all these 18 guys have, ca- have hit that cap of $160,000. By the way, uh, journalists have tried to look into what these threats against uh, Pruitt are that require this extraordinary uh, extraordinary security, and there, are, there is no record whatsoever of any threat to his life having been made. speaking of the environment did you see it pittsburgh i hope amazon didn't see it pittsburgh well i hope they did actually because i don't want them here did you see it the top 10 cities with the worst air quality in the country eight of those cities are in california Pittsburgh is not in California, but Pittsburgh's in the top ten. Yay! Yay! In fact, we're worse than we were the last time this was done. We used to be 17. Now we're ten. Our air is getting worse while everybody else's apparently is getting better. I have to tell you, um, you know, I'm as a convert to Pittsburgh, um, as someone who chose to live here, as opposed to being born here. Um, the only regret I have is the air quality. The reason being, while here as an adult, I developed asthma, bad asthma, and of You know, in terms of my general health, that's the thing that I now realize is probably going to, in some respects, kill me. Pittsburgh has mucked up my lungs. I don't think there's any doubt of it. No one in my family has asthma. I was doing just fine, but about 20 years... After I'd lived here, bang start wheezing. And I'm not alone because other people have asthma because they live here. The skies might not be smoggy. But they contain invisible little particles that get into our lungs and, in some unlucky people, create inflammation, asthma. So your lungs start constricting and air can't get in. And you know, after a while when air can't get in, you're dead. Allegheny County, no, I, I, I this is just Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, we have a higher mortality rate than most of the country. We show almost 15,000 deaths a year above the national average no this is in southwestern pa yeah um oh no that's in an 8 year period <laughs> otherwise we'd be we wouldn't exist anymore okay so 14,000 15,000 people who live in southwestern pennsylvania might be alive today if they had chosen to live somewhere else that's amazing This is done in an epidemiological study where they take out smokers, they take out all these other people, and they're looking for who are people who, because of our air, are dead. Okay, then the number drops 13,000. That's huge! 13,000 and someday I'll be one of them. 13,000 whose deaths because of respiratory or heart disease caused by, they think, air pollution. By the way, the, uh, the major polluter uh, in our area is United States Steel's Clareton Coke Works the other major polluter is us they figure that half of the pollution in this area is local it's local it is because of our cars uh, every time you light a fire in your fireplace all that kind of stuff the crap that we're spewing into the air and it is us and our geography, because the river valleys, uh, which have these high hills on both sides, uh, you don't have to have too much imagination to see how that can sort of trap all of this crap, and it does trap it. So, um and then about you know, about half, I guess, of the pollution that's killing us here um, is not of our making. We want to thank the people of Ohio and Illinois and Indiana because it's their crap that comes on the prevailing winds from west to east uh, into our area, and then tend to become trapped by our topography so there you have it i was um doing something i haven't done in a million years i was listening to am talk radio on my way into work today the reason being i was listening to you know the blowhard station i i was listening because when i turned onto the parkway i was met with gridlock and I mean, nothing was moving, or it was just crawling. I thought, uh-oh. Uh, and I turned to them to for a traffic report. Uh, unfortunately, I did not get the traffic report. I got Marty Griffin. And he was talking about the Starbucks case. And he was very passionately holding forth about the fact that this was not a racial thing. <laughs> that saying that racism was involved, I guess, was incorrect. He, he then, never mind that I, I, who have rarely been in a Starbucks, the only two times I was ever in a Starbucks were because I agreed to meet somebody there. Exactly what these two guys were doing. And in one instance, I got there, and the person I'm meeting is not there yet, was not there yet, so I sat down. I don't drink coffee, I had no interest in buying anything. I sat. Maybe five minutes or so. You know how long these guys were in before the cops got called? Two minutes. Two minutes. Oh, it had nothing to do with the color of their skin. Absolutely not. So that's what Marty's telling his people. And um, and then he's assuring us that uh, he knows this is true because his good friend who owns the Oakmont Bakery, uh, I guess called in and, and said and told him that... Uh, it had nothing to do with race. <laughs> and that this guy is actually gets pissed off if somebody comes into the Oakmont Bakery and they're carrying a Starbucks thing. And they maybe sit down at one of his, ta- I guess he has tables, he has a cafe or something. I don't know. Um, but here's something he said, and I was just blown away by it. Um, you know, I wasn't taking notes, I wasn't doing, but he said, look, it's per- this is not racism. He said, people who grow up in, let's say, an affluent suburb, I think he said, those are white people. And they don't encounter black people, he was saying. And so when those people encounter a black person, they tend to be, I think the word he used was wary. And then just to make it so it wasn't racial, he said, and if you're black and you grew up in a, you know, conjures up some poor black neighborhood, You don't see a lot of white people. (laughs) Oh, yes, you do. They rule the effing world. You don't see a lot of white people. And so when you encounter a white person, you're understandably uh, wary. Well, that might be true. But they got reason. Okay? So he's arguing that white people are understandably wary because they grew up and they didn't encounter any black people. Oh, my God. I mean, oh, my God. It never occurred to him that a per Let's get the white and the black out. A person encounters another person, is what he's saying, and they are wary. Why? Because of the skin color of the other person. That's racism, Marty. Marty, that's racism. It is denying your common humanity. You bump into a person whose skin is darker than yours and you don't recognize them as a fellow human being. There's some kind of a, I don't know what this is, but I'm scared. My fight and flight response is just kicking in. Oh my God. He was so sure of himself. He was so sure that what he was saying made perfect sense. I turned it off. I couldn't. I mean, I I, I couldn't. As Barbara Bush said, I couldn't trouble my beautiful little brain with, with that. Oh my God. It's not racial. That's what he's saying. It's not racism. If a white person is scared of black people, it's not racist. What? And here's the excuse. The excuse is that they segregate themselves (laughs) in white bastions with walls around them so that they don't ever have to encounter a black person, I guess. And so when they venture out into, like, a city, uh, where these people tend to be, they venture out into uh, downtown Pittsburgh, there are uh, these black people. So all these white women from the affluent suburbs, they hug their purses. They pack their guns, I guess. I I despair, is all I'm saying. I listened to that, and I despaired. Yeah. I'm not on the radio anymore. They don't have any space for somebody like me. But they've got... Oh, man, KDKA, they got space up the wazoo for people spouting that kind of bullshit. Oh, they're white men. They are. They're all white men. Oh, yes, 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 I know. On the weekends, they let a few black folks in. Don't eat any romaine lettuce. I don't know. You're supposed to know that, right? Uh, It's hitting Pittsburgh. I mean, Philly. Uh, Not Pennsylvania. They all start with P, and it mixes you up. So they still haven't found out exactly what the specific source of this tainted lettuce is, but I got news for you guys. At least 31 people have been hospitalized. Five have suffered kidney failure, Uh, from eating a salad. And most of the people who are hospitalized and near dead are women. And now why would that be? I know why. Women, we're always watching our weight so that you guys will find us attractive. Women eat salads. Men always think they look just fine. Mmm. So 53 people uh, nationally have been sickened. It's an E. coli outbreak that is spreading. The Center for Disease Control uh, is uh, concerned because they can't quite pinpoint it. They know it's somewhere in Yuma, Arkansas, but for some reason they can't pinpoint it. They haven't identified a specific source. If you go into your uh, local supermarket... You might find that where you go to get your bagged salads looks pretty spare, so um I know I, I there there was a whole big, huge, empty hole uh where there used to be romaine, so it's only the romaine lettuce you need to watch out for uh. Buh, buh, buh. I've been carrying this thing around forever, and I let me see if I can find it for you. This I found impossible to believe, but I guess the Koch brothers they fund um, a project that to infect young people's heads about, uh, well, turn them into Ayn Rand fans. And uh, they have a lot of schools that accept their curriculum. And uh, I'm reading this long long story about what's in this curriculum and guys uh, here is something that is in okay I'll just read this to you because I can't you can't make this up there is a book or an essay called Sacrificing Lives for Profit. Now you would think that that was written by some anti-capitalistic lefty, right? It's written by a capitalist who's arguing that's a reasonable thing. (coughs) Sacrificing Lives for profits. It's written by One of these Koch brother-funded people, Dwight Lee, who argues that we'll all be better off if companies cut corners, even risking customers' lives in the name of profit. Here it is in black and white. I'm going to read it to you. And this, I guess, is part of this curriculum that ends up being taught in high schools in this country. Here it is. Quote, the charge that sways juries and offends public sensitivities is that greedy corporations sacrifice human lives to increase their profits. Is this charge true? Of course it is. But this isn't a criticism. <laughs> I will try to continue. Uh, Okay, the charge is, is that greedy corporations sacrifice human lives to increase their profits. Is this true? Of course it is. But this isn't a criticism of those corporations. Rather, it is a reflection of the proper functioning of a market economy. Corporations routinely sacrifice the lives of some of their customers to increase profits and we are all better off because they do. That's right. We are lucky to live in an economy that allows corporations to increase profits by intentionally selling products less safe than could be produced. The desirability of sacrificing lives for profits. The desirability, listen to that. The desirability of sacrificing lives for profits may not be as comforting as milk, cookies, and a bedtime story, but it follows directly from a reality we cannot wish away. There it is. I couldn't believe, I I still can't believe it. I hadn't read it in a little while, but I had it here to share with you. And this comes from an alternate story by Alex Koch, no relation to the Kochs, although it's spelled somewhat alike. Uh, but there is an agreement. A lot of this is coming out of Florida State University, by the way, FSU, And they had an agreement with the Koch brothers. They were given almost $7 million um, to establish a program for excellence in economic education. And it is part of the economics department there. And they fund professorships and fellowships and an undergraduate program even going all the way down to the kindergarten level in some cases, and right in there, actually if you go to the website of Common Sense Economics and you go to Fun Readings page of Common Sense Economics website, you will find what I read to you. Sacrificing lives for profit. And that's considered a fun read. That's considered a fun read. Okay, I got nothing to add. I'm just blown away. Common Sense Economics, fun reads, readings. Check it out. I am. Not making this up. Seems a little silly to say have a nice weekend, but that's what I'm going to say. And go Pens! Bye. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.